But they didn't all go at the same time. They went in waves. First group would go. Here, the second group of a large contingency would come. But even in all of that, there were more that stayed behind than they that actually went back to rebuild. They had become complacent, too laid back. Many of them were fearful, did not want to move forward after all of the suffering that they had endured after God loosed them many of them refused to go and rebuild so here we are and understand those who had returned what was going through their minds and in their hearts although it had been 70 years that had gone by they still had in their hearts and minds the destruction and invasion of Nebuchadnezzar and their hopes were crushed and they were doubting their future let me repeat that their hopes were crushed and they were doubting their future you might say why and to further explain it was because of their present situation and a whole lot of saints are fearful of their future because they're basing their future on what they're currently going through but what you're currently going through really is just a step into your future. Many of you may not receive that because you're too busy looking and feeling and wondering when the Lord has already let you know that he is able to bring you out, able to keep you. So, and we've told you several times in many messages that just because you're there doesn't mean that you're supposed to stay there. I'm just on my way. Tell somebody I'm just on my way. <clears throat> and I need to stay here for a few minutes because a lot of you feel like the shutdown of the government is going to hinder God from blessing you the way that he wants to bless you. Yes. But I want you to know there's a difference between shut down and shut out. <laughs> I'm helping somebody. Look at somebody and tell them there's a difference between shut down and shut out. I submit unto you that there is a blessing in the shutdown. Yeah. Even David said it was good for me to be afflicted. Because I wouldn't know God the way that I know him. And I hear Paul said it doesn't matter who says you can't have, you won't have. Because of the God you serve, we have access. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, say, I still have access. No, I didn't get a paycheck, but I still have access. But my God shall supply. Yeah. I think sometimes, and um, it's not an indictment, but I think sometimes when things are happening around us, the saints tend to be the first ones to panic. Now, they didn't have it when I was a little boy, but they have Facebook now. If you really want to know how folks believe and what they're thinking, all you have to do is run your eyes through Facebook. Yes, and you'll see and read things like what we're going to do. I, I can't take it no more. I can't do this. And the question in our mind comes, have you forgotten that God is able? Here they were doubting their future because of their present situation and there were some who were saying we could never get anything better 
than what we've had. The second time around, it sounds familiar because when God brought them out of Egypt, they complained and said, have you brought us out of Egypt to die? And Ezra writes and compiles all of this to help them reconnect. Reconnect. You've, you've forgotten some things. And I know I'm not negating the reality of the situation, but who's your daddy? Who is your healer? Who is your deliverer? So he writes to reconnect these returned exiles. And the first thing he, he wants to reconnect them to is their ancestry. I want you to connect to your ancestry. And he does this because he, he realizes that they forgot who they were. And sometimes trouble can give you amnesia as to who you really are. You think your situation defines you now. Yeah, but it doesn't define you. It, it doesn't stop you from being who you are. They forgot who they were. And they forgot the many things that God had already done in their past. They forgot who they were. Ask somebody quickly, do you know who you are? Yes, and I don't mean what it says on your license. I don't mean what it says on any piece of paper that you have in your bag. I mean, know who you are in the kingdom. I know I'm a child of God. I know I'm his son. I know I'm his daughter. I know who I am. And I just came to spend a few moments to remind you of who you are. A royal priesthood, a chosen generation. I don't care what you're going through. Don't forget who you are. Don't let the devil slip up in your house and treat you any other kind of way than who you are. Stand in his face and say, I'm a child of God. So he writes to help them preserve their spiritual heritage because as I forestated, they forgot who they were. They had a heritage. They were supposed to walk in power and integrity. They were not supposed to walk backwards because God had said something like this, I'll make you the head and not the tail. And he said these words, above only. Not middle, not under, but above only. Say it with me, above only. It was their spiritual heritage. He said any demonic force that rises up against you, you already have the victory. You don't have to fight like other nations fight. All you have to do is come to the battleground and lift up a praise. Let the enemy hear your voice. Let them hear you sing praises unto my name. And I'll destroy the enemies right before you. And he wants them to understand in this reconnection the importance of God's word importance of the house of God and their relationship because it would appear the way Ezra was writing they not only forgot who they were but they had forgotten what God required of them and I don't want you to get so wrapped up in things and leaning so much on people until you fail to realize because of who you are you have a true source you don't have to second guess anything. Just go to God and he'll make a way out of no way. 
God's word will always prove itself in, in your life. No matter what the enemy says, God's word is stronger. No matter who tries to do what, God's word is stronger. And hallelujah, whenever you can, as much as you can, never fail to make your way to the house of God. Hallelujah. That's where you praise and worship, but that's where you glean strength from one another. So gather together as God's people. Clap your hands and shout with the voice of triumph. Hallelujah. The final thing he would say, I want you to understand that your relationship with God is supposed to be as such where no one can pull you away from loving him. No matter how it gets, no matter how bad or how good it looks, stay with God. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, stay with God. Then he would remind them of their future hope. Hallelujah. And he's talking not to those who stayed behind, but those who had journeyed on and they had come. Hallelujah. And they had seen what the enemies had done. They had seen all of the destruction and they had come to a place of discouragement and they were wondering, how are we going to make it? So in the first chronicles, hallelujah, you understand first and second chronicles at one time was just one book. The first book talked about the, their redemptive history. He would remind them over and over again that no matter what you're in, God is able to bring you out. Tell somebody God is able to bring you out. You have a redemptive history. Hallelujah. And history has proven itself because you have not been destroyed by what you've been through. No. Hallelujah. That's why the enemy is so angry at you right now. That's why he's fighting you so hard right now. Even in the midst of the things you're trying to reconstruct and rebuild in your life. He wants you to linger on the pain. But God said, I took the pain and made you better. Took what was supposed to kill you and allowed you to live. I took what was supposed to destroy you and I brought you to this place. May not look better, but when I get through with you, it will be better. You may not feel better, but when I get through with you, you'll feel better. I need you to know that deliverance does not always feel good. Hallelujah. Healing is not always a good feeling. Anyone that's been operated on will tell you that after the doctor does what he needs to do to take out what's been bothering you, the recovery period can be just as painful as the sickness. But I hear the word of God say after you've suffered a while. I'll come along and strengthen and establish you. I feel my help now. So it tells us of his redemptive power. But in the second book, he gets a little bit more spiritual. And he wants to deal with the fact that there should be true worship, revival, and reform. Say it with me. True worship. Revival and reform. The fact that he deals with the aspect of true worship must mean, hallelujah, that there is a difference between true worship and worship, which means everything folks doing is not necessarily true worship. 
also means that it doesn't mean that God accepts any old thing that we throw to him. You've got to do it God's way. True worship. High five somebody say true worship. True worship is not done out of form or fashion. I know we all have our different places to sit and the preacher sit here, the missionary sit there, but it has nothing to do with my worship. I know there are those that sing in the choir and those that sing in the pew, but it has nothing to do with my worship. Touch somebody and say it has nothing to do with my worship. I know some of us are preachers and uh, some of us are teachers. Some of us uh, are just lay members, but it has nothing to do with my worship. You see, because we've all come from somewhere. Hallelujah. The same God that delivered me delivered you. And we all have the same opportunity to embrace him and to love him and to worship him the way that he desires to be worshipped. Hallelujah. True worship doesn't just come from my mouth, but it comes from my heart. Which means you can look like you're worshiping to man, but on the inside, God refuses your worship. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The Old Testament saints were told to worship him in the beauty of holiness. High five somebody say true worship. We talk to them about revival. We be saying, "Listen, it's not just enough to know who you are, but whenever you need, hallelujah, a recharging, a restoring, you've got to know where to go." Hallelujah. Don't sit there and die. Don't sit there and let the enemy fan you to sleep. The same God that brought you here can keep you alive physically and spiritually. Because there will be days when you're hungry in your flesh, but your soul can always be satisfied. There can be days when you're sick in your body, but your soul can still be satisfied. That's why David said, my soul shall make a boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. And the final thing Ezra had to relate to them was there has to be reform, a change. If you really have a relationship with Jehovah and if you allow him to do what he wants to do in your life there has to be a change in your life a visible change I don't just mean how you look but how you act how you function look at somebody and say if you really know him your life will change you remember the song we used to sing I looked at my hands and they looked new looked at my feet and they did too somebody added it and said the things I used to do I don't do it no more high five somebody say there must be a change 
so he understands their mentality so uh, when you read the books you will not see him stressing or emphasizing on the dark side of their past sometimes when you run into the saints and they know where you've come from they always seem to emphasize the dark side I remember when you used to do such and such you know you ever run into somebody you're not there anymore you don't even do it you don't even think that way anymore and all they talk about is how many cigarettes you used to smoke how many drinks you used to have what kind of drug you used to use look at somebody say what's wrong with you they won't leave the dark side but he said you know what you did you know where you've come from I want to stress the fact that you don't have to be like that anymore you don't have to be a mess you don't have to be filthy anymore you you don't have to be a liar anymore you don't have to be a backbiter you don't have to be a fornicator you you don't have to be anymore touch somebody and say i don't have to be anymore he would stress the fact that we serve a God that can change us if you would just stay in his will and do whatever he tells us to do he would stress revival things gonna get better around here he would stress a move of God hallelujah such as you've never seen before I don't care what you heard Hallelujah on the radio. I don't care what the newscaster said. I'm able to make things better. Hallelujah. Touch somebody and tell them he's able to make things better. Hallelujah. He wants them to know, but when he changes things, he doesn't change it from the outside in. He changes it from the inside out. Some of you have been praying for change but you won't let God do what he needs to do asking God to fix it and baby you need to understand when God fixes it he's not going to start with you him them rather he's going to start with you he's not going to start with the person that lied on you he's going to start with the person that's been lied on he's going to start with you touch somebody and tell them change will start with me reform revival he won't change let them stir up the good in you you want a blessing let them do something on the inside of you and he would discuss recovery if you believe you shall recover I don't care what Donald said God said in blessing I'll bless you and in multiplying I'll multiply I don't let the senate meet hallelujah I don't care what the democrats and republicans said he said I'll keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind stay on him I don't care what they said and I know you've been waiting on a check I know 
know you've been waiting for a payday. Hallelujah. But I heard Jesus said, even the sparrow, he doesn't care about where his next meal is coming from. He just knows when he gets up in the morning, there'll be bread on the ground. Touch somebody and let them know he can feed me. Even when there's no food in my refrigerator, he can feed me. He can pay my bills. Even when there's no check in the mail, oh yes, he can. You need to tell the devil right now, yes, he can. Yes, he can. You can recover. I want the devil to hear you say it out of your mouth. Look at somebody and say, I will recover. As a matter of fact, I'm in recovery right now. Let every demon know I'm not going to be stressful. I'm going to lay it on the altar. Yes, I am. I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. But he is ministering to a people who had been beaten down. They came out of Babylon. They had been beaten down. They were troubled in their hearts. The economy was was not where it should be. And there were some who were pulling at them. Saying, why don't you go back? But some years had gone by. And Ezra is recording some things that had happened since then. Hallelujah. So when you read Chronicles, the first nine chapters are devoted to Solomon's reign. And now the same slaves had had developed into a prosperous people. It was the golden age of peace and, and power and prosperity and prestige. The temple had been constructed. It is a period in their history now where the building and the dedication of the temple was the center of their worship. Notice what I said. The building was the center of their worship. The gold on the wall. Hallelujah. The lighting in the temple. They they were proud of the building. But when you get into the later chapters, you see, hallelujah, that the kingdoms are now divided. And they had turned away from God once again. Greater Refuge Temple don't get so wrapped up in things until you forget that we don't worship things. I know you need a paycheck, but I I don't worship the money. I worked hard for it, but when I when I bow down, I don't pray to my money. I pray to the one that has given me power to obtain wealth. 
They were caught up in the splendor of the house. And they were caught up in their houses. And what they had. And they had turned away from God. The actual text brings us a little time before it happens. Hallelujah. The temple had been dedicated and God visits Solomon before they turned before they walked away he visits Solomon and he says I heard what you prayed for hallelujah when you prayed you said Lord fill the house hallelujah with your glory I heard what you said and I I saw the sacrifices that you made and he comes to Solomon and said I heard your prayer and I chose the house hallelujah to be my house and my house is a house of sacrifice but I want you to know the building may look splendorous but I need my people to understand that even if there was no building they can still worship me even if they can make it to my house they can still lift their hands and worship me worship is not limited to space oh I felt that in my spirit shake your neighbor's hand and tell them my worship is not limited to space I can have it in my car I can worship on my job fool around with me I'll go to the men's room and shut the stall and lift my hands and say Lord I lift your name on high it is not limited to my situation I could be sick in my body and my soul will magnify him shake your neighbor's hand and say that's what I'm talking about you can worship at any time I can worship when I have money and I can worship when I don't have no money I will worship when I have a job and I will worship when I don't have a job I will bless the Lord it all Look at somebody and say, what are you waiting for? You're waiting for the shutdown to be over. Just because you didn't get a check, that don't mean I'm not shut out. I'm still blessed. Yes, I am. He said, I heard. Hallelujah. And I chose this place. But I want you to know that if I decide to shut up the heavens and not, if there's no rain, if there's no paycheck, if I decide to shut down everything, because you see, Donald is not in charge. The White House is not in charge. The heart 
of the king is in my hand. I put one up. You voted for him, but even if you voted for him, if I didn't want him to sit there, he can't sit there unless I say so. Because I'm God. I'm El Shaddai. And I've got all power. Didn't I tell you I'm the boss? They may write the check, but all the gold and silver belongs to me. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I, I need you to go testify and just say shut down but not shut out. The devil is a liar. Shut down but not shut out. Come on and say it. Make the devil mad. I'm going to praise him without my paycheck. I'm going to praise him even if I don't have no groceries. He is my God. He is my way maker. He is my deliverer. He just is. He is. He is. Oh, I felt that in my big toe. I fired three people and tell them he just is. Hey, God. But when he ended his prayer, thank you, Lord. Solomon prayed so hard until the Bible says in the first verse that fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled his house. Some of y'all will only pray long enough to feel a quickening in you. You'll only sing long enough to feel a quickening but you gotta learn how to pray the glory down you gotta learn to sing the glory down you gotta learn to worship until you feel the glory of the Lord shake your neighbor's head and say I'd rather have his glory you can have the title but just give me his glory I'd rather live with his glory hey God and it filled the house and the priest couldn't even preach because the glory of the Lord oh I wish we could come in here and forget about our flesh forget about what we're going through and forget about who you think you are and just reach for the glory I can't live without his glory I can't make it through this without his glory hallelujah you remember when Daniel and the three Hebrew boys refused to eat the king's meat hey God all they ate was pulse they were fasting and praying but they looked stronger than the others and they looked better than the others I'm trying to tell you 
It's all right. You're going through now. But when it's over, you look better than everybody else. Look at somebody and said, neighbor, you just wait until I come out of this. I'm going to look prettier. Oh, yes, I will. Come on, look at them. Hey, God. See, I know that you think that I think I'm cute. And you're right about it. I look good. But when he's through with me, I'll look even better. You're mad at some folk because they already look better than what they've been through. They go touch three people and say, you ain't seen nothing yet. Hey, God. If you're going to be mad, you may as well be mad as you can be. Because when it's over, the glory there shall be glory yeah yeah shake your neighbor's hand and tell him I'm going through now but glory is coming I'm going to pray until glory come I'm going to fast until glory come I'm going to sing until glory come say yeah shake your neighbor's hand and say glory is coming I'm crying now but glory is coming I'm suffering now but glory is coming say yeah say yeah thank you sit down sit down I gotta make it through this but when the children saw the fire hey God when they saw the glory some of them had never seen or felt the glory of the Lord but when they saw the glory they bound themselves laid on the pavement and worshiped God and praised the Lord and said God he is good and his mercy endureth forever and say God he is good and his mercy endureth forever God he is good and his mercy endureth forever but some time had passed and while Solomon Ezra records it how Solomon was resting the Lord spoke to him and said I heard your prayer 
and my glory is in the house but if I decide to shut down the government if I decide to shut off the water for there be no rain if I send the locusts to eat up all your food and I devour the land if I send pestilence among my people thank you Lord that means I'm trying to bring them closer thank you Lord and it says if my people who are called by my name thank you Lord there's a blessing in being God's called people because they who are called come to an understanding that all things work together for my good because I've been called and I love him look at somebody and testify and say I've been called and I love him come on and testify say I've been called and I love him say it one more time let the devil hear you say it I'm going through but I've been called that means he's laid his hand on me I've been chosen I've been picked out I've been separated he knows that I am his and I know that he is mine and I love him oh yes I do I love him so much that I won't let my struggle keep me from praising him I love him so much that I won't let what they said about me keep me from worshiping him I love him so much that I won't let my struggles keep me from trusting him he said if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways he said then hallelujah you want to know how to turn this around we gotta humble ourselves and pray and seek the face of God can't you see that God is trying to get our attention it's time for us to be who we're supposed to be lay down your title lay down who you think you are and say Lord it's not my mother it's not my father 
but it's me Lord standing in the need of prayer he said seek my face hallelujah understand seeking his face is different from seeking his hand a lot of times when you pray you're only concerned about the hand Lord do this for me Lord heal this but he said seek me come after me not just for what I can do but because of who I am get in my face hey Lord turn from your wicked ways and I'll heal I'll hear from heaven and I'll forgive your sin and heal your land now I'm looking at some of you and you're offended with your sanctified self because I told you to turn from your sin I hear you talking back to me I don't smoke I don't drink I haven't fornicated with your self-righteous self your righteousness is as a filthy rag you forgot where God brought you from and you think too highly who am I talking to look at somebody and tell them it's time uh, to repent uh, repentance uh, is not a one time thing uh, it's a lifestyle did you hear what I said it's more than just saying Lord I'm sorry you gotta turn from it turn from your backbiting turn from your hypocrisy turn from your fornication turn from your self-righteousness and say Lord if you see anything in me that should not be take it away and he said I'll heal their land is not just what God wants to do for the whole house as a whole but lay your hand on somebody and say now it's personal thank you hey Lord in the Hebrew it says and will Rapha their land Jehovah Rapha is a healer and in the Hebrew it does not only speak of a conglomerate but it's an individual it deals with stress and the distresses of your personal life hey God I felt that shake your neighbor's hand say humble yourself and pray your way out of it did you hear what I said you gotta humble yourself put down that phone stop 
those letters. Humble yourself. And God said, I'll turn it around. Yes, I will. Who receives the word? Stand up with me. And look over at somebody. And say, neighbor. I can pray my way out of this. Turn my plate out. Humble myself. And he'll turn it around. Turn around like this. And tell your neighbor. He'll do it just like that. Yes, he will. The devil is a liar. Hallelujah. Listen. Let me tell you what repentance is not. Repentance is not a word of weakness. It don't mean you're weak. Because you repent, it's a word of power. Shake your neighbor's hand and say, There's power in repentance. It's an action word. Turn away, let it go, throw it down, and say, Yes, Lord, you are my joy. Yes, Lord. You are my peace. Repentance is not a self promoted emotion, it's a word of resolve. It takes courage to walk away what's holding you. It takes courage to say, I don't want you no more. I'd rather have Jesus shake your neighbor's hand and say take courage and step away from it take courage and give it up he wants to bless you share share repentance is a freedom it will loose you lay your hand on somebody's shoulder and tell them repentance will loose your chains yeah so when the devil says about what you used to be tell him it's under the blood say yeah so when the devil brings your past to you tell him oh no I turned away from it and I'm holding my master's hand say yeah say yeah say yeah say yeah He gives them the secret. He's Shandayabu. Listen to what the Lord does. And his timing is perfect. He visits Solomon before the turn. 
before the transition. Understanding that my people have the propensity to walk in the wrong direction. And he gives them the secret of walking in a perpetual place of blessing. You have to live a life of repentance. Three things. It involves conviction. People who have not been convicted that they're wrong will never repent. They never see themselves. And you're upset because they won't say sorry. And they can't say sorry because there's no repentance in their spirit. They haven't been convicted. That's why they can continue to do it over and over because there's no conviction. Look at them and say conviction. Conviction will keep you on the straight and narrow. I'm not ashamed to say I did it. But I want you and everybody else to know, even the devil himself, that I don't intend to do it anymore. The second thing is contrition, which deals with godly sorrow. It's a lot deeper than just saying I'm sorry. But you have the understanding that I have offended someone. And the person that I offended gave me life. Yes, let me explain it to you this way. Because there are a lot of you who have children, and I'm sure you've had run-ins with your children once in a while where they seem to forget where their blessing came from. You, you bought their clothes, the food that they eat, even the underwear. If it wasn't for you, they wouldn't even have underwear. Could you imagine? You wouldn't have a bed to sleep in. Yet there's no conviction. They talk to you any old kind of way. And there's no contrition because they seem not to even care that they have offended the person that supports them. So they had an issue with conviction, contrition. They would just say whatever they had to say to get by. And as soon as God turned around, they'd go right back. There was no godly sorrow. That's why you should develop a deeper understanding when people hurt you again. Have a deeper understanding that they did it again because there was no conviction. Because if there's conviction and contrition, there'll be a change. This is why God said you have to live a life of repentance. Because some things are going to happen. And repentance will put you in a place that even when others are hungry. Because you're walking according to my way. Didn't he say, if you hearken unto my voice? Blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall you be in the house. Join hands with someone. Understand the power that comes with this. It is a resolve, an act that actually breaks 
chains and understand deeper what Ezra was trying to bring them to a place because although they had been released from Babylon they were still behaving like slaves church folk get like that he has delivered us from the world but sometimes you look at us and we're still behaving like we're in the world Jesus here is the secret if my people who are called by my name I gave you my name I brought you in my house live for me honor me humble yourself and pray turn from your evil ways hear you a broken and a contrite heart I'll never despise I'll hear you and I'll heal the land it's not just a national thing it's a personal thing your personal distresses I'll deal with it I'll work it out Hoshama yes he says even to Solomon even if you walk according to my way you see holiness is not just for the people it's for the preacher too he said if you obey me and walk in my way and do according to your father David I'll bless you perpetually I won't hold anything back from you I don't care what it looks like around you. You shall be whole. You shall be satisfied. You shall be blessed. Father, I've given them your word. And I pray that we'll all take notice of this, that we all need to live a life of repentance before you. Repentance. The kind of repentance that doesn't bring intimidation when temptation comes because we know where our help comes from we don't want to do anything to offend you anymore we want to walk in according to your word and according to your precepts forgive us for putting more stock in government than in you forgive us for depending so much more on people than we do you forgive us for leaning more on the arms of flesh than we do you help us to turn completely to you you are our source because your word declares that just live by faith Help every one of us, we ask. Everyone. In Jesus' name. Now put your hands together and give Jesus some praise. Oh, you can do better than that. Oh, come on, come on, give him praise. Praise.